Hello, my name is Tom Boone. And I'm Joanna Bailey. Welcome to the newest episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we have for you this week. Coming up in today's show, I'll take a look at what happened to South African Airways Airbus A350s before Tom looks at the world's only A350 not in commercial operation. Joe will then look at how American Airlines is cracking down on skip lagging before I look at Boeing's first 737 MAX order of the year. To round off the show, I'll take a look at just how much money has been left at TSA checkpoints in the last year. So now you know what we've got in store, let's get on with it. So to kick off today, I thought we'd take a look at what's going on at South African Airways. Um, Hmm. We haven't heard a great deal about them for some time, and they haven't been doing a great deal for some time. Um, But obviously, the big news last year was that it was getting the A350, and uh, it acquired four of them all on lease. Um, Two were from Avalon, the other two were leased from Air Mauritius. So, Tom, I think you reported back in July that Mm. the two that were on lease from Avalon had been returned and they've gone to the Spanish aircraft graveyard that I can't pronounce. Would you (laughs) care to do the honours? Thank you very much. I always say that wrong. Um, But now the other two have gone as well. So, Mm. poor old South African is now a non-A350 airline. So, the final two went last week. They made a three and a half hour journey across the ocean to Mauritius. Um, So, they are being returned to Mauritius. And obviously, you know, South African kind of hoped that they were going to be able to reshape themselves with these more efficient jets. So Mm. I think they wanted to phase out um, inefficient aircraft like their A340s. And they only arrived in November and they haven't been used since March. So it's like the shortest dalliance with the A350 that we've ever seen, I think. Um, Both of them have now been given back their old registrations, which is 3BNBR and 3BMBS, if you're interested. Um, Mm. So it looks like for the time being, they are officially rejoining the Air Mauritius fleet. But of course, Air Mauritius themselves entered voluntary administration in April. Um, But interestingly, although they did enter the administration procedure, they haven't stopped flying. They haven't stopped operating as an airline. Well, that's Um, good. Although international flights have been suspended from Mauritius at least until the start of October. So we're not going to be seeing these A350s anywhere anytime soon, I don't think. Hmm. Um, But we're starting to get an idea of what the South African future fleet is going to look like. So by my calculations, they're now down to three A319s, two A320s, one A330, three A340 300s and four A340 600s. Um, And according to uh, flight radar and other sorts of services, the only ones that are actually in operation on repatriation flights at the moment is the two A320s um, and the A340-600s. Um, so I had a little look to see what we can expect from South Africa, African, because the, the general consensus has been that it will fly again, but as a new airline, as a reshaping airline. And uh, the latest advice is that we could be seeing them launching as early as January 21. Um, and apparently the airlines received more than 10 offers to partner with it. Um, and they're looking at potential integration of SAA with its subsidiaries, including SAA Technical and Mango, which is a a low-cost airline. 
Um, and the government's already started talks with the private entities that are interested in buying SAA. Um, but apparently it needs at least 10 billion rand, which is $588 million to get off the ground again. So it's a huge investment for an airline that never actually made a profit as a state-owned entity. Um, but there are four promising proposals. Um, and the details are very sketchy at the moment, but it looks like they'll only have about a thousand employees remaining to start the new airline. Line, which okay. means that 2,700 staff are going to be losing their jobs, including a large number of pilots. Um, they're talking about the, the current complement of 625 pilots being cut down to just 88. So um, obviously everything is dependent on COVID restrictions and the borders reopening because no South African airlines are flying internationally at the moment anyway. Um, but I don't know whether this is good news or bad news. I mean, it's, it's good to see the A350s flying, seeing as they haven't since March, but it's leaving the new South African with a pretty old and uninspiring fleet. So yeah. as, as you would say, Tom, I think we've got to wait and see what the outcome of this is in the long run. But of course, these are just two of the many A350s in service at the moment. Um, and I believe that uh, a new one has entered or is going to be entering service pretty close to your home, Tom. Yeah, that's right. So um, last week, we saw the German Air Force take delivery of their first ever Airbus A350. And um, they've got free on order. They're sort of meant to replace the aging A340, which I think you've written about a couple of times, Joe. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Because, Conrad Adenauer, who's uh, mm, not the most reliable of wide bodies in the world. <laughs> yeah, um, with Merkel having to frequently fly with commercial aircraft. So hopefully with um, the new A350, um, commercial flights for high-ranking German officials should become a thing of the past. Um, but yeah, the... Uh, Air Force took delivery of this aircraft, which is registered as 10 plus zero free or cross zero free. However it's like you the wanna... Iron Cross, isn't it? When it's painted yeah. on the side. It's uh, how you express that on uh, yeah. air traffic yeah. control. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's an interesting one. Uh, maybe 1003. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is going to enter service with the Air Force soon. It's still got to. Um, undergo its military testing and certification. So um, that's next on its list. Um, but this aircraft is sort of, in some ways, the most unique A350 in, so, um, in the world because it's the only one that is not being used for commercial aircraft service. Because oh. um, every other one's with an airline like British Airways or who knows, Um Flying around the world, yeah. <laughs> um, flying around the world or sitting on the ground, um, but as part of a commercial airline. Um, and yeah, I mentioned this was the first of three aircraft that are due to um, be delivered to the airline. The other two are sort of scheduled to come in next year at some point. However, when exactly is sort of unknown, but. Um, Jumping back to the registration, as I mentioned, it's 1003. The other two aircraft are going to be registered as 1001 and 1002. So, although this was the first aircraft to be delivered to the Air Force, it's actually the Air Force's last A350, if that, in a way, because um, the cabin that it has at the moment is very much a sort of temporary um, pop it into fill a gap thing so we can use it straight away. 
um, and the next two aircraft are going to get their full cabins. And once they have entered service, this aircraft is going to go back to Lufthansa Technic and this temporary cabin is going to get ripped out and a brand new one's going to get put in. So, Okay. <laughs> so they um, want it right now. Yeah, <laughs> they can't wait much. for their cabin. So they want to use it right away. Um, yeah. But then it's going to go back and have its proper VIP cabin yeah. installed. Cool. Yeah. Um, and it, it will just... Um, be interesting to keep an eye on i can't wait to see it take its first proper flight you know like it's had a couple of little flights from hamburg to hamburg and uh, it's <laughs> test flights obviously but i'm looking forward yeah. to seeing where it ends up taking merkel or indeed her successor or any other high-ranking german officials around the globe that's going to be really interesting and i have to say i think the a350 looks gorgeous in that livery it's it's it, really nice it's weird because it's kind of subtle but it really works yeah, it does. I mm. think it looks great. And I think it's going to be a great investment for them. Um, so something that isn't a great investment is uh, skip lagging. <laughs> okay. And, uh, What's that? So, yeah, let's talk about what skip lagging actually is. So it's also called hidden city ticketing. And the idea is, well, basically, there's there's lots of nuances of airline fare pricing, Um and essentially, it's primarily based on demand rather than what the service actually costs to provide. So, airlines will price a, a particular journey based on what they think passengers are willing to pay, given the, the demand for that service. So, occasionally, it's actually cheaper to book a longer segment with a connection than it is to book a direct flight. So, say if you want to go from point A to point B, it may be actually cheaper to book a ticket that goes from point A to point C but stops over at point B. I know it's weird, so <laughs> go figure. Um, but then if the passenger wants to travel to point B, they can do that and just get off at point B and miss their B to C portion of the journey, you know, arriving in that hidden city that they wanted to, to go to in the first place. Um, but obviously, airlines don't particularly like this. So we've seen a few instances in the past of, of airlines attempting to um, crack down on passengers that are skip lagging. Um, you know, for, for them, it's 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 bad because the customer's receiving a flight for a price that they weren't really entitled to. And then the seat goes empty on the connecting flight. So there's no opportunity to make ancillary revenue or, you know, charge for any drinks or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, they don't like it. And there, there's been mixed kind of um, attempts to to stop it. I think Lufthansa actually previously tried to sue a passenger for skip lagging. Oh yes, I'm, I remember. Do you that. remember that? I'm, yeah, I'm not I even sure how one. far they got with that, but uh, I think it was thrown out in the end um, on a technicality. Yeah. Right, um, and weirdly, Spain actually um, put it into law that skip lagging is allowed. <laughs> but yeah. United Airlines has also been trying to punish these cheating passengers. And last week, we heard about a case where American Airlines is uh, is really cracking down on skip lagging. Um, so the person that got targeted posted about their experience on Flyer Talk, which is a, a popular kind of aviation forum. Um, and they'd been contacted by an analyst from American Airlines who stated they'd identified no less than 52 cases of skip lagging in this passenger's itineraries. Um, they said it's a violation of ticket validity and mm. requested the customer pay a one-off fee of $2,500. Um, 
Um, now, to me, that actually seems quite a bargain if you think about it, because it works out at less than $50 a trip. And that yeah. passenger probably, um, you know, saved at least that much on the trips, not to mention the fact that they've accrued a bunch of uh, advantage miles. And the airline hasn't threatened to strip them of their miles. They, they yeah. did. If they, if they don't pay it, then they're going to cancel their membership and ban them from flying. But uh, obviously, I think it's going to be a good investment for that passenger to pay it. And perhaps to stop doing that because it's not it's not really fair to the airline or to the other passengers so uh, have you yeah. ever tried to do a hidden city flying tom or skip um, you know i've tried it once and i actually felt so bad that i ended up taking the um the second leg and then flying back <laughs> um but yeah i spent a, i got a day in denmark out of it which in the winter isn't the most fascinating thing to do but it was just a sort of <laughs> I just thought like I have this flight to Denmark I might as well use it you know <laughs> yeah it's it's a bizarre nuance of the the airline ticketing method and uh, mm. you can see why people attempt it and there's even bits of software out there to help you do it which I think is pretty naughty um, but you had some uh, information on American Airlines you wanted to share as well didn't you Tom yeah, so I just briefly wanted to touch on this. It's um, not something that I wanted to go in lots of depth with, but I thought we should really mention it. Um, and that is that American Airlines is going to be cutting a load of destinations because of um, CARES funding running out. So obviously, for the time being, um, the US government has been giving American Airlines a lot of money to sort of payroll support. And one of the... Yeah. Uh, a couple of the nuances of this are that um, staff can't be furloughed and um, minimum service requirements have to be met. Um, but obviously now this is running out, those minimum service requires are going, uh, requirements are going out the door and it seems that um, American Airlines is being very clear in saying that um, we can cancel routes and we will. Yeah. Um, so they're going to stop flying to 15 places, including Del Rio in Texas, uh, Duberque, Duberque um, in <laughs> Iowa. I've probably <laughs> butchered saying that. Um, Florence in South Carolina, Greenville in North Carolina, Huntington in West Virginia, Joplin in Missouri, Kalamazoo, also known <laughs> as Battle Creek in Michigan, Lake Charles in Louisiana, New Haven in Connecticut, New Windsor in New York, Roswell in New Mexico, Sioux City in Iowa, Sioux City, um, Springfield in Illinois, Stillwater in Oklahoma, and Williamsport in Pennsylvania. Wow. And now, um, at the moment, these flights are just cancelled from October the 7th to November the 3rd. Um, and potentially more will be announced in mid-September. But wow. they haven't gone further at the moment because they're still hoping that um, sort of like a second round of funding can be achieved. Cares um, too, yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm not sure how much hope there is for that. I mean, you've got to wonder how much the... US government can afford to bail out airlines yeah. again. You know, they, they gave a very generous offer in the first place, certainly a lot more than the UK government did. Mm. And uh, the travel industry is still getting new, no help over here in the UK. So, uh, yeah, tricky yeah. times. I mean, I think that one is certainly one to watch, as we like to say on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, sort of, sort of more on with 
talking about cancelling flights um, and we've talked about deliveries, but let's talk about orders for a second. That doesn't um, happen often in the current climate, does it? Well, no, it doesn't. And even more sort of outstanding is the fact that Boeing has clocked its first 737 MAX order of the year um, from um, an airline that I'd admittedly never heard of in Poland called Enterair. Mm. Um and they're sort of like a solely Boeing 737 operator. They already have two Maxes. Um, grounded. But, yeah, <laughs> grounded, of course. And it was interesting because this order was announced at the same time as a settlement on the Max groundings um, between the two. So I do wonder if there's ah, any sort of some link sort there. Some sort of tie in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but what I think was most telling, actually, was um, apart from the word max being used once in the statement from Enterair in the press release, the name max wasn't actually used in the press release by Boeing about this. Oh. Instead, um, Boeing kept calling the aircraft the 737-8. Oh. Um, so I'm kind of curious there as to if we could have a renaming. Is this the new thing? Yeah. I don't Perhaps. know how I feel about that because, uh, you know, I think... In in some ways, it needs to happen because so yeah. many people have got to be in their bonnet about the the max. And when it does come back into service, it's going to be one of the most scrutinised aircraft on the planet. Yeah. But you know, at the same time, I don't know if people should really be having the wool pulled over their eyes by giving it a subtle rename. You know, and I'm, when they see I'm it on their itinerary, they won't recognise it as being the same aircraft. Yeah, I'm kind of in two minds, you know, because if you really want to know that much um then you could find out quite easily it's I mean, easy to find out yeah if, it's if just it's, for the for the average flyer i think you know they'll be looking at their itinerary and not seeing the word max and thinking oh well that's good i'm not on one of those then but mm. uh, i mean maybe that's what we need because uh, people do need to accept that it will come back into service and it will yeah. be a safe aircraft yeah i mean it would be an interesting one to see for sure and um I mean, Boeing is is not going to let or the FAA or EASA or any of these interested parties, they're not going to let this thing fly unless they are certain it's safe because it's just going to um, metaphorically blow up in everyone's faces if there's another crash. <laughs> metaphorically, of course. Yeah, I mean, like, well, I mean, that's not a great word to use in aviation context. No. Um, so I thought... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's not a great connotation. Yeah. Wasn't there, wasn't there an airline that you interviewed once called Fly Pop or something? And yeah. you just think, oh gosh, that's not, not really a good thing to associate well, with an airline. It just reminds me of um, The Apprentice, like two or three years back, when they had their task was to design an airline um, yeah. that week, and it was like assessed by a load of in industry professionals in. Um, um, in the British Airways' headquarters. And one of the questions they got was, why have you named your um, airline like Bang or Pop or something? Because yeah, that just it was. It doesn't work for an airline. <laughs> it's like fly blast, bang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, not it's not one. good. Not good. But equally could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Well, good luck to Enter Air. It's good to see that they haven't been uh, put off by their mm. experience with the grounding. And, uh, and good news for Boeing to show that there's still confidence in the type. Yeah. Um, so just to wrap up today, I wanted to um, comment on a story that I covered last week. 
um, that the TSA has revealed that over $900,000 was left behind at TSA checkpoints throughout the financial year 2019. Now, they've got a funny financial year that ends in September. So, you know, this is now classed as unclaimed money because it's been such a long time since it was lost. Um, the TSA actually gets to keep it now, but I'll, more on that in a minute. Um, so, you know, obviously, when you're passing through a checkpoint, there's an awful lot to think about. Do I put my shoes on or off? Have I got to take my belt off? And yeah. and it seems a lot of people are kind of emptying their pockets of their loose change or perhaps even leaving their wallets behind. Um, and so the total that was left behind over the year was $926,030.44. Um, and it was actually less than the year before when over $960,000 went, uh, went unclaimed. Oh, wow. Um, and one in particular airport saw nearly $100,000 left behind. Um, and that was New York's John F. Kennedy Airport, uh, mm. where passengers mislaid a total of $98,110 over the course of the year. Um, so you would expect, you know, the busier airports to have the highest amount of money left behind. Um, but, you know, of course, the busiest airport last year was, as always, Atlanta, Hartsfield, Jackson. Yeah. Um, so they saw 110 million passengers passing through the airport and over 900,000 aircraft movements. Um, but I guess their passengers are somewhat less forgetful because they only left behind just over $13,000, um, which doesn't even put it in the top five airports for lost money. So, um, as I said, JFK was really an outstanding airport for losing your cash. Um, San Francisco, people lost over $50,000. Uh, Miami was near to that with 47000 McCarran as well, 44000 And Dallas-Fort Worth, 40000 So, there were a few other airports where over 30000 was lost. Um, yeah. But as I say, this money has now been lost for such a long time and nobody's come forward to claim it. Um, so it now falls to the TSA, which is good news for them. Um, you know, they say that they make every effort they can to reunite passengers with their lost property. But now that money will be used to improve civil aviation security. Um, and on, in the report, they have to publish these numbers because obviously it's not money they've earned. It's kind of money that was, if you like, donated to them by forgetful flyers. Yeah. Um, and in total, they held... Um, $3.6 million in unclaimed money that was from previous financial years. Um, mm. And they're going to be spending $2.1 of that on training and development, as well as 32000 on publicizing the TSA pre-check program. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of good news for them. But I did yeah. not realize that we bankrolled the TSA quite so generously. You know, that's nearly a million dollars a year that people are leaving behind. And that's just so, the US. Uh, so, like, scale that yeah. up across the world. Yeah. Um. It's incredible. Interesting to see. Yeah, I think the message is uh, don't forget the things you left in the tray. I once left my passport and boarding card in the tray at security and had to leg it back because <laughs> oh, yeah, I wasn't no. getting on my flight without them. <laughs> I Well, yeah, I've done that before. I left... Um, when I was going to visit Air Baltic, I left my passport and boarding uh, card in the lounge toilet. And oh, no. <laughs> um, then I couldn't get back in the lounge to get it because my boarding card obviously was the entrance to the lounge. So that was a bit of a drama, um, but all was oh, okay dear. in the end. Um, yeah. So Nightmare. I just have this sort of constant patting my pockets um, <laughs> sort of process going through the airport now. Um, I think you've got to. I think you only do it once and it's such yeah. a scary situation that you, you're mm. a bit more careful the next time. Yeah. 
Oh, well, I, so I think that's probably all we've got time for today. Um, this was a fun podcast. We do hope mm. you enjoyed it too. So as always, please do send us your feedback and ideas for future podcasts at podcast at simpleflying.com. If you're looking for more great content, why don't you visit our website at simpleflying.com or search for us on social media. Look for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed our podcast, do leave us a rating on your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. Bye.